This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The share it with a friend deal. Even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. Future. Hey, remember how 20 years ago I switched to Progressive? Well, now it's the future, and I used all those savings to buy this new hologram phone. Because, you know, it's the future, and everything is holograms now. So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Welcome to Cottage Talk Full-Time. I'm Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Emilio Donnell and also Craig Coben. This is our initial reaction to Fulham's 2-0 victory against Preston North End at Craven Cottage. Both Emilio and Craig were there, and they're going to share their views shortly after the match ended. So, Craig, I'll go to you first. Give me your initial reaction to this huge victory for Fulham. Big victory. I think the key moment in the game was uh, the change that was forced on us when Joe Bryant went off injured and we had to bring totally up Christie. He, he played like Danny Alves or Cafu along that right wing today. And I think he was different. Okay. Excellent. And uh got to tell you guys, because uh, I put up a quick post on Twitter and Facebook, who was your man of the match and Cyrus Christie's name does come up and we'll talk about that at the end. Emilio, your initial reaction. Yeah. Hi guys. Um, yeah, we have to keep the momentum going, right? So, you know, Leeds, you know, something win earlier today. So all we have to keep doing is keep winning the games in front of us and hope other teams drop points. And, you know, we you know, it was two back-to-back wins at home, but two clean sheets. Um, can't really ask for more for that. I think we we looked tidy today. I think we had a difficult first 15 minutes where we looked a little Absolutely. bit shaky, nervous. 
you know, you know, our passing wasn't at its best. And we rode out that storm, maybe rode our luck as well at times. Um, obviously, Joe Bryan got the injury and Christic came on and had a very good game. But overall, outside of that 15-minute spell at the beginning and um, that, you know, the, the Merrick rode that save towards the back end of the game, yep. you know, I thought we, we, were, we were comfortable without looking spectacular. We were tidy in, in our passing. You know, most, you know we, we looked positive when we came forward without looking spectacular, but we got the three points. There's two back-to-back wins. Two clean sheets, a lot of positives there, but we're winning without being spectacular at times, and I think that's sure. been a story of most of the season. Well, that goes to what we talked about in the last show you and I did, Emilio. It's finding mm. a way to win. They did it again. Yeah, absolutely. And today we looked. I think we looked a little bit more, probably more assertive. Maybe you know a bit more finesse. You know, the passing was a little bit tight, tidier. But there's there's a couple, there's a few negatives we can talk about as well today. But sure. overall, you know, I'll take the victory, but. And West Brom dropping points by losing at home. You, know, you never know. Funny things, funny things have happened. So keep winning and, and it's, but it's out of our hands at the moment. That's the key thing. So all we can keep doing is turning up and putting in performances that will give us three points. Okay, excellent. I'm going to go back to you because Craig already brought this up. Turning point. Again, you don't wish injury on anyone. I don't wish an injury on Joe Bryant. But was that the turning point having Cyrus Christie come on? And then, of course, you have the change to Dennis Adoy going to the other side and Christie coming on. Um, well, I think what it what it did. It, oh, sorry, go okay. Ahead. No, go ahead, Craig. You're fine. You can go ahead if you want. That's fine. I think it was a key moment in the game because we had to adapt our tactics to what had happened on the pitch, and we were able to overload that right side with Bobby Decordova, Reed, Anthony Knockhart, and at times Kearney, and at times Arter drifting over to that side as well, and I think. Preston Northend actually had quite a lot of difficulty uh, containing us. And we were able to put in a number of good crosses and put them under pressure throughout the game. And as Emilio said, after the first 10, 15 minutes when we were a bit raggedy, I thought we controlled the game pretty well. And in fact, in the second half, they barely had any chances except off of that that free kick at the very end. Absolutely. Okay. Emilio, back over to you. Your thoughts on the turning point again we're going back to talking um, about joe bryant yeah i know i've called out a couple of times in, in in the recent months about silas christie's performances when he's come off off the bench or he's been a lot more positive coming forward in that first half when after he came on he had a lot of space made some good runs wasn't afraid to shoot on goal got some good crosses in so he was you know he was very prominent in that first time i think the turning point for me is is during that spell when we rode our luck and it, was it hector who got a last pitch tackle or did he actually Lock the ball going back now. I thought we were lucky to you know be two nil down. You know, let alone say nil nil. I thought we rode our luck and Preston North End should have buried us and should have should have been one or two nil up in that first quarter of an hour. So for me, the turning point was that that crucial block from Hector, yeah. uh, where you know in the first second, I think it was Hector because it was the other side of the pitch for me. But um, that that block for me, I think, was a turning point. They they were on top, dominating and didn't score. And then after Fulham started to impose themselves on the game, and they really didn't have a second chance or any further looking. So for me, that was a turning point. Albeit Christie did look very strong and you know had a very good game. Okay, excellent, Craig. Right back over to you because uh, I've already talked to Emilio about this in the last match, talking about Tom Kearney. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about his influence again. He's now has a deeper role. Is that a, a part of? the, I guess you could say, maturation of what's going on with Fulham because they seem like a different side the last two matches, and I think Kearney has a good amount to do with that. 
he certainly plays better when he's in a deeper role. Um, he's passing the ball forward more often than he was earlier this season. I also think this game he played slightly different. He was pulling the, their number eight all over the pitch. I think their number eight was assigned to track Tom Kearney, and he yep. was dragging him left, he was dragging him right, and really disrupting the Preston North End midfield rhythm. And so I, I think that was one of the reasons why we gradually were able to assert control over the match. We overloaded the right side, intended to dominate their midfield. The midfield struggled to keep its shape. Okay, excellent. Over to you, Emil. Your thoughts on that? Because we talked about Kearney in, in the last match. Do you see yeah, his it, role? And again, Craig yeah. talked about it a little bit differently in this match. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, that's interesting. Me and Joe Tyvey, our other co-host, we were talking about this that you know towards the end of the game, and you know, we we noted the observation that since Josh Onuma's injury, I think Tom Kenny's got a new lease of life. He's playing in a more natural position. You know, okay, Josh Onuma, physically strong. You know, was getting more confidence game by game, was influential more game by game. But technically, we look a different team. You know, we look we look more 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 slicker. Tom was getting around about maybe not as not as not as well as he did on Wednesday, but uh, Wednesday night came in at Swansea. But he was he was involved quite a lot today. And I, I like to see Tom back to the Tom that we know. This is this is his free. He's got more freedom. He was getting he was moving around the pitch, did some nice passes. He was involved. A lot of the adjectives I said on Wednesday, I'm saying again tonight because. I'd like to see the Tom Kenny involved. We had the Tom Kenny for the, all, the whole season playing in this position. We'd be up, we'd be top of the table by now. And that's, that's the difference. I just feel Tom, Tom is back. Hopefully we're sitting back to his best, but it's no coincidence that he's playing well since Josh Ronan has gone, gone off injured for a few weeks now. And maybe that's a blessing in disguise, but maybe a controversial talking point, but <laughs> I, I don't think it's a coincidence that Tom is playing better now that Josh Ronan is not in the starting 11. That's very interesting. Craig, over to you. I want to get your thoughts on what Emilio just shared. But, you know, again, you don't wish any player to be injured. But has this given Tom Kearney a lease of life, I guess you could say, with uh, Onuma being out injured? Hard to say whether it's Onuma's injury that has given Tom Kearney a new lease of life. I think Onuma has tended to be fairly good on the ball, but some of his decision-making uh, left a little bit to be desired in the midfield. Look, I think the biggest changes for our team have been Again, the strong play in the back with uh, with Hector dominating uh, every ball that comes yep. to him and Rodak being completely solid. That is the biggest difference that has happened to our team over the course of the season. You couple that with the fact that um, Mitrovic is now coming a lot deeper and playing almost as a target man. A lot of times in the first half, he was our outlet. The ball would be I've noticed that, yes. Mitrovic and then... He, people would be running off him. We had mixed success at that, but it, it does give us a different dimension and a bit of variety in the way we can go forward. I don't think Mitro is any Emil Heskey in that respect, but again, we needed to vary the way in which we we're playing because we had become predictable. Yep. So as we become less predictable, as Tom is, has a bit more freedom to wander around the midfield, I think we are seeing... Uh, a material improvement in his play. Okay, excellent. Emilio, I want to get your thoughts on that. I'm glad that Craig brought up Mitro's role. And then again, we're, you know, we're seeing a little bit different of how we're playing instead of always playing the ball off in the back. We're using him as a target man. As Craig said, it's not completely effective, but I also think it's, it potentially is opening things up and forcing teams 
to look at us a little bit differently because we're not as predictable. Your thoughts? Yeah, that's an interesting point. You know, then I haven't thought about it in that way, but I can see where Craig's coming from on that point. And, you know, unfortunately, the decisions didn't really go our way this afternoon, especially for the Mitrovic. I think it took 79 minutes, and I tweeted it, that for the referee to physically give a foul in favour of Fulham. You know, Mitrovic didn't get much joy today from the referee, but you know, he, made, he made it difficult because we were less predictable, as Craig said. And But unfortunately, I don't think we exploited that unpredictability in our passage of play at times. You know, I thought Knockhart and Cavalier both had very, very poor games again. It's two consecutive games where they've both been as bad as each other. So the, the fact that they both started today was a little bit surprising. I, you know, I know it's sometimes good you don't change a winning side, but I thought we won on, on Wednesday night a little bit fortuitously the circumstances. And, you know, I would have made a change there because, and, you know, Knockhart and Cavalier both had very poor games. But, yeah, Mitrovic... Again, he's, he's making covering more ground, you know, because obviously we're playing him in a slightly different role per se. But at the okay. same time, I don't think we've exploited that that change in predictability either. Where we, where Cavalera, unfortunately, when he has had a lot of the ball, he's either given the ball away very cheaply or he's very predictable himself in terms of the, the overall outcome. Okay, excellent. Miller, back over to you because Craig already talked about this earlier on when, when we've been doing full time. What do you see as the change from say the first half to the second half? Because Honestly, Preston North End really did not have many opportunities. You know, again, even the announcer said in the second half, Mark Rodak barely had anything to do until near the end of the match. So what do you see as the change in the second half? Um, to be honest, I, don't, I, I see no difference to the first, from the 15th minute onwards, to be honest. I thought the last, okay. third, last thought half, was consistent. The first half, yeah, I thought we were less. Less dominant, but still controlled the game. Preston had very little opportunity. You know, weren't very adventurous. We snuffed out any any half chances they had, and the, you know, the back four were in, in you, know, you know very good and very imperial today. They, they 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 did their job very very well. And second half, I just you know even the first five ten minutes, we weren't particularly effective. We were a little bit slow off the mark, but we were we were controlling the game. We weren't giving the ball away cheaply, with the exception of Cavalero, but. Overall, I just we, we just I think we stepped up the pitch a little bit more. I think we pressed a little bit higher up the pitch. We had a little bit more urgency in our game. And I think that's what resulted in the in in both the goals. You know, we 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 put them under more pressure. First half, I thought we were fairly comfortable, although it was unspectacular. The second half, I think that extra pressing and pushing up the pitch made the difference. And uh, again, Tom, I'm going to keep calling him out. I think him, his running off the ball, he had a lot of possession, good passing, trying to make things happen. He had a shot that the keeper saved. So, again, we've we kept them on the back foot, and they, they struggled to, to cope with that, to be honest. Okay. That's not them. okay, excellent there. Greg, over to you. I always like to talk about these types of situations. We're going to talk about the match winner for form, which is an own goal. So how do you view it? You know, as a supporter, do you look at, well, it's a bit of luck, or did Fulham have something to do with the fact that it's an own goal? What, what are your thoughts of I think it's a bit of karma. I, okay. I, I went about three years ago. I went to the full match away at Derby County Pride Park when uh, David Nugent scored a hat trick against us. I remember that. And yeah. <laughs> basically sealing the uh, the end of David Button's career at full. <laughs> and so maybe there is a little bit of karma here. Uh, I, Look, it was just off a corner. It didn't even look like he was under any pressure. No, I, it, the goal happened at, at the at the opposite end from where I I, I stand. But 
he didn't look like he was under any pressure, so it was just one of those things. That being said, I do think we had the better of the play, and when you have the better of the play, you create the most opportunities, and you make and you put the odds in your favor. So I don't think, although it was a lucky goal, I don't think it was. This was a lucky result. Okay, mm-hmm. that's very fair, and I actually agree with that. Miller, your thoughts on what Craig just shared? Because you can look at the goal and say there's a obviously luck to it because it's an own goal, but I don't think the result is lucky. No, definitely the result definitely wasn't lucky. You know, it was, some, I was getting a little bit nervous towards you know the last fifteen twenty minutes. I thought we were trying to hang on there. We sort of maybe took our foot off the gas a little bit, so going back to safety first. But you know, again, let's. Yes, David Nugent gifted us a goal, but at the same time, I'll give a sort of a bit of credit to for the corner that was in the right space. You know, the right, you know, it was a it was a decent corner. If we had more corners taken like that on Wednesday night when we had countless corners and very all of them were very poor distribution, we might have got more positive results on the game against Swansea. We've got more goals in the back of the net, but you know, if we take corners more frequently and, and put them in the right area, there's more chances for us to score or put the opposition under defense under a bit of trouble. But thank you very much, David. You didn't agree with Craig. You know, karma comes to bite him, but you know they all count at the end of the day. We've not had much luck um, when it comes to own goals and penalties in our favour this season, so maybe maybe our luck is turning. Okay, excellent, Greg. Your thoughts? Because again, uh, Miller was talking about being nervous near the end of the match. So was I. And again, you have a, a key save. You know, all it takes is one goal, and Merrick Rodak steps up again off of a free kick. He uh, makes a save off of a huge shot in, in the 89th minute, and Fulham see the match out. What's your view on how Fulham have been ending these matches? It makes me awfully nervous. I'm telling you, my heart, I don't know how many more of these matches I can handle at the end. How are you viewing the end of this match, holding on? But, of, of course, then we get the goal at the very end from uh, Abubakar Kamara set up by Cavallaro, which made it more comfortable. But before that, it was still a nervous ending. I, I don't know how nervous it was. I thought we were, I thought we were in control up until that free kick, which was a soft free kick. It was a stupid free kick given by yes, it was. Uh, Abubakar Kamara. It was, a, it was a silly foul. I actually thought until then that Preston North End really hadn't even come close to putting us under any pressure. I thought we did very well the second half in denying them space. So often they seem to be hemmed in along the side with no space, no passing options. I thought our pressing which, while selective, was very, very effective. So I, I actually thought we thought the match pretty well, other than Abubakar Kamara making, you know, committing a stupid foul, and they put a good ball into the box. And we have to say, although Marek Rodak had a horrible game against Barnsley, he has been a real savior for our season. And I think he is one of the reasons why we are sitting in third place. He has been outstanding he has come on as the starter. Absolutely. Totally agree with you there, Craig. Very good stuff there, my friend. All right, guys, we're going to end by talking about Man of the Match. I've actually put out a post on Twitter and Facebook, and we're going to get some views from the Foam supporters, and I'm also going to get your views as well. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. 
Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Okay, guys, let's wrap this up by talking about man of the match. And what's interesting is, again, these posts that I put out there, I've got some interesting candidates here. So I'm, I'm going to read a few of them, just their uh, their thoughts on man of the match, mm-hmm. and then I'll go to each one of you and get your man of the match. Let's start with, this is on Twitter, Greg Margolis says Hector. June Lee says Hector. Kevin Gower saying Christy. Justin Sanders, he says Cyrus. Mike Levy, he says Hector the Protector. I kind of like that. And then you have Fake Salt Lake saying Christy. Okay, Milio, I'm going to go to you first. Thoughts on what I just shared from some of the phone supporters on Twitter on Man of the Match. Who's your Man of the Match? Yeah, this one, again, when walking out the ground with Joe Tybee, we were both having this, this discussion. You know, you know, I thought Chrissy had a very good first half, a lot quieter second half. You know, he didn't maybe push up as much, probably didn't need to per se. Um, I thought Dennis O'Doy, I think I'm going to call him out as well. I thought he had a very good game. Uh, okay. You know, again, second half. He was very, you know, attack-minded. He was getting forward a lot, made some good defensive clearances as well. So, I thought Dennis and Cyrus were equally very good. I've given Cyrus Christie man of the match in the previous game I recorded and I, um, on, on this full-time show. I'm yep. going to give it to Hector because he just looked. He made that block in the first in the first quarter of an hour. He looked very assured, even at the end when there was were deep. In, I think it was just entering into added time. The easy thing is he could have just hoofed the ball out, but on, it was on the on the far, on the other side of the ground from where I was. He waited for the ball to roll out, and then he basically trying to waste time. He he, he cleared it off the play, off the press and player. That wasted more seconds. So very much he's fit, he's strong, he's clever, he's intelligent. And for me, I'm going to give it to my uh, to Hector because I didn't really put a foot wrong today. And but I also want to make a claim for the worst man of the match. There was the worst man of the match. We're going to call it Cavalero. I think okay. he, I was counting how many times he gave the ball away in the game, and he get, gave the ball away more times than he successfully passed the ball. So well done, even Cavalera, for having a, a, an incredible statistic because you were absolutely atrocious today. And you know, so uh, so fans if don't agree with me, then please message me. But as far as I'm concerned, too predictable, not not strong enough, and his his distribution is awful, especially today. He just gave the ball away far too often, and he needs to be called out for that. Okay, very good there, my friend. All right, Craig, before I go to you, I'm going to read a couple tweets and and, uh, and also on Facebook some uh, thoughts from the Foam supporters. Let's start with Kevin Cowdery. He said, Kearney. Now, on Facebook, you have Stephen George O'Keefe saying, Hector third, second Adoy, first Christie. Kevin Hudson, this is on the College Talk Facebook page as well. Hector, very good, but I give it to Cyrus who came on and had an influential game at both ends of the pitch. Stephen Fulham Wheatley says Cyrus for me. Andrew McKenzie says Hector. Okay. I'm going to go to you. Who is your man of the match? And feel free to share your thoughts on what the Fulham supporters and also Emilio share. I think it was Denis Odois. Uh, okay. I'll tell you why. Um, because he had to change from right back to left back, and he did, yep. he played an excellent game at left back. And we were not vulnerable along those along that side as we have been in many cases this season. Um, Christie, no question about it, he was very influential, especially in the first half. 
rampaging forward. And as I said, we were successful in getting that overload on the right side. Hector the Protector, I love that nickname. He <laughs> is class, and he makes such a difference in the game. And um, But I think you have a player who starts the game on the right back and is told that in the ninth minute he has to now play left back, and we don't miss a beat. That is something special. And he actually played extremely well. He created a number of opportunities, some of which couldn't be exploited because Caballero was, uh, as Emilio has said, was careless with the ball. So I'm going to give it to Denis Odois. Okay. And you make a very strong argument. I really uh, appreciate the way you looked at it. And uh, I could go in that direction. I'm going to go with Cyrus Christie. Because, again, we're going back to the injury. He comes on cold, and he has a job to do, and he did it very well. So I understand why you went with Dennis, and it involves the same situation, but to come straight into a match and be able to affect it the way he did, I'm going to give it to Cyrus Christie. But I I don't think you can go wrong with uh, anyone that we've mentioned. And uh, before we go, back over to you, Craig. What, What are your thoughts about what Emilio shared about Ivan Cavalero in this match? Cavalier was careless of the ball. Look, he he's an inconsistent player, but he still is he still is a cut above most of the other players in the championship. And physically, he's a strong player as well as quick player. He's strong on the ball. Um, I'm not sure I really buy the the setup that we have with inverted wingers. I don't think it brings out the best in Knockhart or Cavalero. Um, and because, especially because we we struggle to get the overlap working. Yep. So, uh, and I saw, I wonder if our setup makes it a little bit more difficult because Cavalera ends up being actually quite predictable that he's always coming inside mm-hmm. because he doesn't have a left foot to really cross the ball. Okay. Interesting. What are your thoughts on that, Emilio, to wrap this up? No, I agree. I think, with this, I think we've talked about this on numerous games with Craig on this on the full-time show in the past. It's just the way Scott Parker wants to play doesn't necessarily suit the the pace and width of Knockhart and Cavalera. So that's why I don't think we've necessarily seen the best of these two plays. Arguably speaking, they are a cut above most of the plays in this championship and they've proved it in their previous clubs. But unfortunately, we're not seeing the best of these plays. They invariably very frustrating to watch. And that might not be partly their fault. It could be the way we're set up tactically right. that, that you know, doesn't get them the freedom on the width um, and to exploit their their their, their strengths. That's, that's the problem. Because I could be speaking, you could drop them into another squad. And I think they'd be both scoring double figures this season, and that's what's disappointing. Our goal, our goal scored, or our goal difference is not good enough for the players that we have on paper. I totally agree with that, Emilio. It's funny because, uh, unfortunately, and I'll say, unfortunately, I watched Leeds United today, and I didn't want to watch it because I can't stand Hull City. So I actually had to root for Hull City, which, as you guys both can imagine, <laughs> I can't stand Hull City, and I'm rooting for them, and they. Completely, utterly sucked, and I'm saying that. They were horrible, <laughs> horrible. So they started my day off in a bad mood. Thankfully, Fulham won and changed my mood around, but, oh, they were terrible. And that got me to think, obviously, because they scored four goals about the goal differential. That's a good point by you to talk about that because we're not scoring enough goals. We are winning these matches very close. And, uh, hey, we scored two goals here. But, uh, again, as we know, one's an own goal. So they're not scoring enough goals. And, and Craig is bringing up some good points. It's something he said all the way back at the beginning of the season about these two players. Does the system fit them? And I think Craig is right. But right now this is who we are, and we just have to deal with who we are. And they're still finding ways to win it. 
going back to the beginning. All right, guys, great show. Before we go, I always like to mention now to uh, follow our friends and actually download their app, the Come On You Whites app. You can download it on for your iPhone and also your Android. Please check them out. The show's on there. This show will be on there as well. So definitely check them out. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For my co-host, Craig Coben and Emilio Donnell, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. For Fulham fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants and hotels home and away. Download the free COY Whites app now from the App Store and Google Play. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.